0: Hey there! I'm really glad that you've come to check out the KZMC weekly teaching. My name is Ryan Yancey and I'm the lead pastor. KZMC gathers together for worship every Sunday morning at 9.30am in person. You can also join us by our live stream available on YouTube. If you're from the area and you're not already connected to a church, we'd love to have you come join us. You can find the full details at kzmc.ca. It's my hope and it's my prayer that God will speak to you through this teaching. May you have a marvelous day. All right, good morning. We're finally here (laughs) and the weather's great and I don't usually do this to do a shout out to people, but I am just over the moon excited to have my family here, Sean's family here, Sean's grandma here that I haven't seen in a year and a half. So that is just made my day. And then I also saw two people that came in that were actually my youth leaders when I was in youth, so don't talk to them afterwards. <laughs> <laughs> All right, here we go. I have always been a notorious planner, or as I prefer to put it, I'm goal-oriented and a dreamer. Okay, for as long as I can remember, I've been, been one to anticipate my next steps, planning what I need to do to get to that next level, both personally and professionally and able to envision where I saw myself in the future and how I was going to map it all out to make my plans and dreams happen. Well, let's just say, if you want to make God laugh, tell him your plans. So I think I have made God laugh out loud a lot. Dreams when fulfilled bring such joy, but when dreams are not fulfilled, when our expectations are not met, sometimes it shatters us negatively and affects our future. However, maybe our dreams and expectations are not met because we don't have the right dreams. What are the right dreams? What should our dreams be? Our dreams should be the hopes and promises that God placed in your heart. But how do we trust that God is calling us to a bigger plan for our lives when the plans or dreams we thought we wanted get changed? When our plans and God's plans don't match up, we often try to kick down the door then things get worse. I don't know what happens to you when you hear God calling you to something, but I typically do what Jonah did, and I run the other way. Sometimes I run so hard and so far that I fill the calendar with a million other little things to avoid the one thing God is maybe calling me to do. Been there? Done that? Got the tired feet, the book schedule, and the miles to prove it? Let's face it. It didn't work for Jonah, and it won't work for us either. Why is it often so difficult to follow God's plans instead of my own? I think it's a daily struggle for almost all of us over things both big and small. I know in my heart that God's plan is always best. I've seen it time and time again, yet I still grapple with it. But why? I know my loving father, who always wants the very best for me, has a plan. Then why do I run and resist? Well, I think that one of the answers to this is, from the time we can say no as a toddler, we pretty much want what we want. I can think of several instances in my life where I put on my running shoes to run because things were not going according to April's plan. Proverbs 3.5 Trust in the Lord with all your heart, and lean not on your own understanding. Likely most of you are a little curious as to who is this April? What is she all about? What were her plans and dreams? And how did she get here? Trusting God and his plan is like going on a hot air balloon ride. The fog may hide what is ahead. You may encounter a bird or two. You can only see the ground right underneath you and you may be afraid of heights. But as you float along, the clouds, the fog disappear, the birds fly away, and you get to see clearly what is around you and the beauty of it all. And then you end up at your uh, departing destination. So here we go. You are all coming along on a hot air balloon ride adventure with me to see what pops up along the way and how I got here. This by no means is my full story or all that I'm about, but I hope it gives you a bit of a glimpse into my life. So hang on tight, take your gravel, grab your compass, and put on your protective gear, as we may encounter a goose or two. Do you trust me enough to come with me? Thumbs up or thumbs down here? Okay. (laughs) And yes, I know a hot air balloon only has one balloon, but for now, please use your imagination, or as I like to say, pull an April. Let's go. In the beginning, God created a feisty little redhead named April Nicole and blessed me with two loving and supportive, devoted Christian parents and one supportive and protective brother. As time goes on, I develop quite the personality talent in sports, and ultimately a love and desire to follow God. Part of my younger years, we were members at the Anglican Church in Milverton. I was baptized as an infant and then went on to do my first communion. However, as we were starting to get a little older and more mature in our faith, something changed. My parents made the hard and emotional decision that we would leave the Anglican Church and start attending Pool Mennonite. My parents were able to listen to God and make the choice, regardless of the oppositions, trials, and difficulties, regardless of our past doctrines, regardless of the esteemed leaders. They made a decision for Christ that was best for the family. So fast forward a few years, and I was baptized again when I was able to proclaim the Lord was my Savior, and that I wanted and desired to follow him. 1 Corinthians 1.10, I appeal to you, brothers and sisters, in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, that all of you agree with one another in what you say, and that there be no divisions among you, but that you be perfectly united in mind and thought. Part two of our adventure has extra turbulence, so hang on. I had a plan in high school. I was going to go to university study kinesiology, and then further my education and become a family physician. Well, apparently God had another plan for me, and instead of applying to med school after university, I furthered my education in therapeutic recreation. Isaiah 55, 8-9. For my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are my ways your ways, declares the Lord. As the heavens are higher than the earth, So are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts than your thoughts. In God's greater wisdom, he decided which career path I was to take. Even though my way may have seemed like the best way at the time, I had to trust that God's way was better. My first job was right after my internship, and I was hired at St. Joseph's Healthcare in London, working in geriatric psychiatry. However, just as I was getting settled back into this, God shook me up. I was led towards applying to the SALT program with MCC, where I would spend the next year as a missionary in Jamaica. I was not at all thinking or really wanting this, as I was at a point in my life where I thought I am all set. I have the job, the apartment, I was playing competitive hockey again, and I had the guy, and I was ready to keep going. But here God goes changing the April plan. This pop was originally devastating. But one of the but one of the first times. There we go. Original pop was devastating, but one of the first times I've witnessed an absolute miracle. On June 30th, 2007, Sean ended up in the hospital with a broken neck from a car accident. That summer was to be filled with many fun adventures before I left for Jamaica. Unfortunately, our plans didn't happen the way we initially wanted them to. But they were still great, because God spared his life, and that was enough for both of us. So on September 3rd, I boarded a plane right after my brother's wedding, and was sent to the Iri Island of Jamaica Mon. My year of service consisted of working at a day center right in the hub of Montego Bay for homeless people with mental illness. I lived with a lady out of town in a very basic house with dogs, pigeons, geckos, many mosquitoes, and even rats. And I had the opportunity to attend Unity Hall Open Bible Church where a lot of great friendships were formed and we continue to be in touch. The real-life version of Jamaica is not the sunshine, beach, all happy happy that you see and hear about on vacation brochures. It was a very dangerous and unsettling place where many times I wanted to pack up my bags and come home as I felt unsafe. However, at the end of my service year, I felt such a strong desire to stay. But because MCC was pulling out of Jamaica for safety reasons, I had to come home. That is where my desire for mission and service and loving and caring for all people in various walks of life began. I did not come home the same April. Some days it was hard to be thankful. But God worked on my heart and helped me experience joy in the new life he graciously gave me. This was not my original dream to do this, but it turned out according to God's will, which is the best thing that could ever happen in our lives. Romans 8, 28-30 And we know that in all things God works for the good of those who love him, who have been called according to his purpose. For those God foreknew, he also predestined to be conformed to the image of his Son, that he might be the firstborn and many brothers and sisters. And those he predestined, he also called. Those he called, he also justified. Those he justified, he also glorified. When I finally started settling back into life here in Canada, I was able to return to my previous job as they held it for me, so I was very grateful for that. Everything again was going great, and Sean made the best decision of his life, or so he thought, and asked me to marry him. (laughs) So we were married on October 2nd, 2010, and began this crazy ride called marriage. We were doing okay. Of course, the adjustment had some hiccups along the way, but overall, we were okay. Oh man, not again. Who thought bringing geese into this world was a good idea? After five years working in geriatric psychiatry, I was laid off from my job due to the shutting down of mental health beds and me not having enough seniority. Fortunately though, I was able to find another job within the organization. However, over the next year, I was unsure if my ride here would stay up. I was transferred three times to various departments. Charlene was diagnosed with cancer. My niece was born. I completed my first and likely only marathon. I went to Nicaragua on a medical mission trip, and at the end of 2012, my tank was feeling empty, and past emotions were creeping back in. I was diagnosed with depression in 2013, and returned to see my counselor that I had since high school, who worked very closely with me again, made lifestyle changes, and finally told the truth to my family and close friends. I am not ashamed to admit this, as it is a huge part of my story and still a significant piece of who I am. I continue to struggle with this, but I've also learned to embrace it. God has had his hand in all of this and never left my side. If it was not for my faith background and my support system, I do not believe for one minute that my life would be where it is right now. Deuteronomy 31.8 The Lord goes before you and will be with you. He will never leave you nor forsake you. Do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged. All right, are we still hanging on? Okay, let's move on, but I will warn you, things don't stay smooth for too long. By 2015, things were back on track. I was still working at Parkwood but now part-time on the Acquired Brain Injury Unit and just started working for a private rehab company that had me travelling a few times a week to Huron County. Sean and I were still living in London and had really no intention on moving away anytime soon because when I was working in this area, I often stayed overnight with the Keyes family, which I so looked forward to, even if it meant I sometimes had to sleep in a John Deere bed. We need a pop here. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know what made me do it, but I started looking on Realtors.ca just to see what houses were going for in this area. Well, that looking turned into buying, and we ended up moving to Exeter. Psalm 32.8, I will instruct you and teach you in the way you should go. I will counsel you with my loving eye on you. Again, things were going great. And on the day that my grandpa had peacefully gone to heaven, we found out that we were finally pregnant. It so felt like the perfect way to find out. As one life ends, another begins. So obviously, we were over the moon and excited. We waited to tell people, and the, weeks after we shared, the week after we shared our news openly... Our child gained its wings early before we got a chance to meet them. There is no way I can remotely describe the pain and grief of this loss, and to this day, I still can't. Our faith suffered after this, as we really had not made the friend and church connection since our move here. We felt very alone, even though we knew we weren't. A lot of medical complications happened after that, and it's hard to admit this, but we did not step foot back into a church until our niece was with us for the weekend, and she asked if we could go to Alyssa and Lincoln's church. Well, we went. And after coming home that day, Sean and I both said to each other, that felt like home. So on October 2nd, 2016, our six year anniversary, we officially became members here. I feel like I'm going to add a pop in here for you guys. since then you have been stuck with us and and for some of you in ways you had no idea about. (laughs) Being a part of this church has truly been life-changing for me and us. I have developed so many amazing friendships in just the past five years that I have become closer to than friends I have had for decades. That should say a lot about all of you out there. You welcomed us and have invited us to be a part of many of your families. Maybe that is why, when we suffered another child loss in 2017, we really did not feel alone. Some of you have walked this private, emotional, and challenging journey with us. Been there with open arms after disappointments, unpleasant news, and scares. And have blessed us in ways we can never fully thank you for. even though we are not called mom and dad here on earth. We know that that reunion in heaven one day will be absolutely amazing. And in the meantime, it has been so much fun spoiling, loving, caring, cuddling, teasing, embarrassing, and annoying the kiddos that we do share life with. We have been blessed to be called aunt and uncle to five nephews, two nieces, and two cousins that are basically another niece and nephew. Plus, many of our friends have made us feel very close to their children as well, so our hearts are full. Psalm thirty-four, eighteen: The Lord is near to the brokenhearted and saves the crushed in spirit. You all still doing okay? I think our adventure is soon ready for our landing, for now anyway so hold on for just a little bit longer, but still keep a close eye out for those geese. For the remainder of this adventure, more of what I am sharing is stuff you may already know as you've been here. However, you likely only know some of the tidbits and not the whole story. So since mission is one of my passions, both right outside my door and beyond, I was thrilled to be asked to be part of the initial Thailand partnership trip slash vision. I have done various mission trips in the past, varying from two weeks to one year in length. But something about being a part of a vision trip with the goal of developing a partnership seemed like something I felt I could do and would be a great focus and something to work on in the coming years. When our group did a short little debrief in Thailand on the last day, we were asked some questions about what God has spoken to us the past days. My response was, number one, a stirring And number two, a deserving love. So God, my heavenly father, had been stirring things up in our relationship. Actually, he had been doing this for a while. He stirred up in me a hunger for his word that is beyond anything I could have ever known in my whole life. God can stir things up through all kinds of different people and experiences in our life. But I do believe the best stirring up is when he takes us directly to his word. I was feeling a little uncomfortable, so I decided to use some of the long hours of travel time back home to ponder and pray about what I wanted to do. God, I prayed, I want to follow your will for my life. I'm giving you everything I have, all I want, even my dreams. I want to do it your way from now on. This prayer, I feel, was a new beginning of my journey in embracing the discomfort of the transition and discovering the beautiful ways God wants to mold my experiences in everyday life. God is teaching me about how, with his help and direction, I can intentionally approach each day to do just that, right where I am. When we accept what God is stirring up in us, in the end, it will be a very, very good thing. Why does he stir things up? It is so that as believers, we will be competent and equipped for every good work he calls us to. In the simplest terms, he stirs things up to grow us up in him. These are my thoughts and what I wrote down in my journal. And so I waited and listened out this stirring as I felt like I was moving forward to an uncertain future, but had the hope there was also promise. One thing that was clear for me, and it was extremely hard for me to say no to and remove myself from, was taking leadership on this partnership. I still completely support this partnership, and I'm excited to see how it all turns out in the future. But the original goal that I thought was for me was not. And so with God's leading, I had to step away and learn to be okay with that. Proverbs 3.6, always let him lead you, and he will clear the road for you. A few weeks into the spring of 2019, I had emailed Ryan as I was looking for ways to try and sort through some of these ideas that I had in my head of what some of my stirring may be about. I was looking for a Christian life coach to pull things out and to challenge me on what was going on. So I asked him if he knew of one, and his response had me raise my eyebrow a bit, and he suggested meeting up for coffee. So we did. And I was thinking one thing as I was walking up to Tim Hortons as to what I thought the conversation was going to be about. Well, he pulled a Ryan and just started telling me about my giftings, that he sees me in ministry, and just kept going and going. I like that you're right here. (laughs) Until finally, I had to pull out my stop sign as I kind of felt like a deer in headlights and say, time out. I am not looking at becoming a life coach or pastor. I am wanting to be counseled by one. I wish I would have been able to take a picture of the look on his face when I initially said that. So needless to say, the whole, that whole conversation took a way different spin than what I was expecting it to take. And afterwards, the process of discerning this possible calling took place. The process leading up to my decision of whether to move forward on this calling was not something I took easily or lightly, especially because I felt settled in my career in rehab, working on the brain injury and spinal cord injury unit at Parkwood, and really didn't think my initial stirrings were vocationally related. There were many conversations with Sean and my parents. I met with leadership, I was mentored by Diane. I met with my counselor. I met with my leader at work. I asked a very important group of four people to pray with me, listen, share, and challenge me. I took my first seminary course, and the main thing I did was I took a lot of intentional time to listen, pray, and be still. So on March 6, 2020, I officially answered yes to this calling. Um, We're going to pretend there's a pop because I still need those other two. (laughs) So pop. (laughs) I am pretty sure we can all guess what that pop is for. The remainder of 2020 basically had to put moving forward with this on hold. And honestly, that was okay. Because after this past year, my longing, passion, and desire to proclaim the love and truth of God has deepened in more ways than I even know how to express. Working at Parkwood through all of this has had its challenges. As I tried to be there for my patients as best I could, but then walking out the door in tears because my heart was breaking for them and what they were going through. But my heart is more ready than ever to let God in and lead me to the what and the where. And being someone that had plans, ideas, and dreams of what her future was going to be and now surrendering that all was and is not easy. Psalm 2714, wait for the Lord, be strong, and take heart and wait for the Lord. Sometimes God will make us sacrifice something we want to secure our heart for the greatest good himself. It's okay to acknowledge that change and disappointment are hard, but we also know that what we will be given instead is much more valuable than any goal or plan we could have created for ourselves. We know that God is much wiser than us. He knows what will make us more like Christ, which should be our ultimate goal or dream. There are four truths that I've learned along this balloon ride, and I hope maybe you have too. Number one is God can see things you can't. He can see the past and the present and the future all at the same time. Number two, God God is good to you even when you're cranky. He loves you even when you feel unlovable. Three is God is in control of every detail of your life. Your plans don't fail randomly. God has a purpose in everything in your life. And four, God wants you to focus on what will last. Most of what worries you won't be around tomorrow. Above all else, focus on getting God's word into your heart and bringing people to His family. Overall, there has been a series of disappointments in my life, and at times I have been afraid that life would only ever be disappointment. Sometimes I thought I knew what I wa- knew what I wanted, but I didn't have the confidence that I what I wanted was also what God wanted for me. I also knew that no matter how hard I worked to make my desires and dreams come true, no amount of forward thinking or effort would succeed if it was outside of God's will for my life. God does not want us to adopt a fear-driven mindset about our future. His sovereign power over our lives is meant to inspire us to hope, not worry. Your dreams or aspirations are not necessarily bad desires but God ultimately knows what is best for us, and therefore he determines where we go and how our lives unfold. He desires that we surrender our own plans to him so that we can be ready, willing, and available to go wherever he leads, regardless of whether it's what we pictured or planned for ourselves. It is never easy to loosen our grip on our own desires, but it is the first step to experiencing the joy of embracing God's will for us. The disappointments or disruptions may not make sense to us in the middle of transition, but when we're called to lay aside our plan and live something different, like waiting in a longer season of singleness, getting passed over for a promotion at work, rehabbing from an injury or illness, it's hard to understand why God would force us to walk this journey instead of giving us what we want. We are not able to understand everything God does in our lives because we cannot see it from his perspective. We do not know what he is trying to accomplish or what mercies he is pouring out for us on this new path. Still, we can know that nothing in his plan will ultimately harm us and everything in his plan will ultimately be better for us. As my next step unfolds, I am called to trust that God knows what he is doing and that he has taken me exactly where he wants me to be. Therefore, I have the choice of either trusting in my own understanding by continuing to try to force my plans to work, or I can choose to trust God and and ask that my desires be transformed into his desires. By his grace, I'm empowered to forgo what I once wanted in order to say yes to what he is asking of me now. Stepping forward on a path different than what I would have chosen is intimidating. Often the way seems impossible to me. But the Lord is calling me to believe that he will provide and make the impossible possible. God's plan is not about depriving us of good things. He delights to give his children good gifts. He also desires above all else for us to follow him and delight in him. This next pop represents what may lie ahead for me, what changes will be made, what I may need to say goodbye to, and what I still maybe need to surrender. But there is one last pop, and that is for us as a church. I know KZMC has been through a lot in the past, and I pray that you still all have hope for what could be. Change is never easy, but if there is anything in which you can put your trust in, in uncertain times, let it be the will of your loving Father. Before I close, I would invite you to close your eyes and listen to the following song and take in what God is trying to tell us. So here we are safely back on ground. We have lost some air along the way. And one might think that losing all that air would get me down. But it hasn't. Because I am ready, mind, body, and soul, with a heart full of love and hope for my what's next. And I pray you are too. As you can see, we still have this one large balloon left that stayed inflated. And will always remain that way. Because there will be more turbulent journeys ahead. But we have God as our Father, which is the only balloon we will ever need. So let's pray. O Lord, our heavenly Father, we praise your holy name. We pray for your will to be done in our lives and in this world, for your way to rule here on earth as it does in heaven. We are not in control, Lord, you are, even though that's often hard for us to admit and accept. Let us release what comes next into your hands, O Lord, and trust you fully. We want to step into whatever path you, may, you lay before us, even when it looks different from what we thought we maybe wanted. For we know you have bigger plans for our lives and for our church, so we submit it all to your will. We will trust and obey you with an eager and joyful heart. Father, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven, amen.